What's up, boys and ghouls? It's your favorite senior citizen. How you doing? It's your boy, Vince. It's Atomic Radio Hour. Hope you guys are doing well. I have a fun episode for you. Welcome to the program. If you like the show, consider checking out the Patreon link below to the Ghoulman Entertainment Patreon, which every episode of Atomic Radio Hour is brought to you by. But a little bit more on that information later. How are you? You look fantastic as usual. I hope the year is shaping up to be primo for you. This is this comes out on the last weekend of January, and we're officially one twelfth of the way done. How are you guys? What's going on? I have some things that I'd like to speak about real quick before we get into this week's lore. So if you'd allow me, if you've been sticking around, I've been very much harping on the idea of nostalgia this year. It feels like a very nostalgic year. I'm trying to think of what 2004 was for me. I don't know. I don't know why this has just come up, but this like this theme of, of all this you know, you have to you have to make it up to the inner child in you. Not even saying make it up as in something had happened or something went wrong, but just you have to talk to that inner child. That inner child needs to be spoken to and needs to be told that, hey man, everything's going to be a-okay as long as you just kind of go with it. Good things happen when you choose to stick around. It's kind of my mantra for this year. You're not supposed to tell people your mantra, but anyway. I got myself a Series X a little while back, and for a time I thought that I was going to be completely done with Microsoft. I didn't think I was going to own an Xbox. I didn't think I was going to be excited to be playing anything on Xbox. And eventually I got to the point where the Series X is powerful enough where it can play all the next-gen stuff that I want to play, and there is nothing on PlayStation that I really find myself needing to play. Um, So it is really... I've played... I'll get I'll get a PlayStation when The Last of Us Part 3 comes out or maybe one or two other things. But I played the new Spider-Man with my brother. I played the new God of War with my brother. I feel like I don't have anything else that I have to play that's a PlayStation exclusive and I have the Series X and not Christmas, but the time before. I actually went home for my birthday. It was kind of a last minute thing. I didn't really talk about it on here. But uh in November of last year, I uh, went home and I found my old Xbox and I brought it back to Colorado with me with the sole intent. I didn't even know if it worked. I just threw everything in my backpack and said, I'll figure it out when I get there. My sole intent was to get my old Xbox Live account off of that Xbox and onto the Series X because I wanted to see what was on there. I wanted to see... I, I... Come to find out, I had 20,000 gamer score, which may seem like a lot, may not seem like a lot. Um, I believe Kyle has upwards of like eight. Actually, let's check. I have the app on my phone. Let's check. I know I have somebody on my friends list that has over 100,000. Oh, geez. Kyle's got a lot more than I thought. Um, <laughs> Kyle's got 130,000 gamer score. I have 20,000. And I remember back in the day... Back in the day when Kyle had like 76,000 being like, Kyle, I'm coming for you. He's like, you're not. You're not going to get me. And I was like, I'm going to try. And I remember just achievements being like a big deal for me for a little while. Not to the point where I was like, oh, I'm going to download that Avatar game and get a quick thousand gamer score. But just it's cool to see all of these games that I had played. And, you know, my favorite game ever being Fallout 3, I wanted to see the achievements that I had and what I still needed. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about it. I'm looking over things and I'm, uh, and, and I'm going through all of this and I go to the very, 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 very bottom of the list. And I'm missing, I think it's like eight of them. One of them is trouble on the home front, which I don't know how the hell I don't have that when I know I did the quest. Like, 
at least three times. I don't have trouble on the home front. Even more buck wild, I don't have, for some reason, I don't have uh, win 50 speech checks, pass 50 speech checks. I don't know how I don't have that when every character that I've ever made for Fallout 3 more or less has had points in speech to get by certain things quicker. I didn't have that, and then I don't have the... Those are the only, like, two gameplay ones I don't have, and then I don't have... Like, hit level 8 with neutral karma, hit level 8 with good karma, uh, 14, 20, and 30. Like, I have to hit them with, like, certain levels of karma, and I haven't done it. And that's kind of, like, one of my goals this year. Like, when I sit down with Kyle at the end of the year, I would like to talk about how I went through Fallout 3 and got all of these achievements. And I, I'm going to see if I... I'm going to see. I, I'm not going to promise anything because I'm, I'm not sure how it works. I have the app on my phone, like I said, and I think I can get uploads from my Xbox to there. You can see that uh, it has some of them have dates and some of them don't. Like I know the first game that I ever got for the 360 was Halo 3. So I went in there and the first achievement that had a date on it was Fear the Pink Mist. But there was other achievements there and it was like August of 2007. And then I go on to, to, to Fallout 3s and I look at all the achievements there and I see that the first achievement that I got with a date on it is Get Your Pit Boy 3000. On 11-17-2008, the year, or I'm sorry, excuse me, the year my brother was born, but the day after my birthday, and I've spoken about it a lot, how my parents took me to a GameStop and a Best Buy that day, and I got Fallout 3 right here. This is the exact copy that I got on my birthday, signed by Wes Johnson, all those years later, two years ago, a year, yeah, two years ago at the in D.C. at the meetup. And how I how I can see this lineage. I'm going, damn man, this was real. This has really been my favorite thing for. I'm gonna be. I'm 27. It's it's a 16 year old game for <laughs> for for more than half of my life. This has been my most favorite thing, and it's just. I got to, I read down, which is even more wild because I got my old account back. It has all of the DLC that I have. So it's all of the Fallout stuff. I only ever played the Sierra Madre and I guess I never played any of the other ones. I never even had like the Gunrunner stuff. It was just, I, I can re-download the Ballad of Yatoni and the Lost and the Damned. And I'm just sitting there looking at it going, this was really my favorite thing ever. This really, truly, genuinely was my favorite thing ever. Video games, Fallout 3, just... The 360, I hold a lot of reverence for the 360. I think the 360 is just a beautiful era. Not great hardware, but a fantastic era of gaming. It was really like the last time games felt fun. And I'm just so happy that I have it. Like, I feel like I recaptured this piece of my childhood. And here's the wild thing that I totally forgot to even tell the story of. I didn't know the email. So I have I have a personal email, like a more formal email that I use for like... like uh, uh, you know, like job interviews and like important stuff, like government files. And then I have like, which I think everybody has those too. And then I have one that I created when I was like way younger, but I created the one for Xbox at a different time that it was like only for Xbox. And I forgot entirely that I had this account, like 110% forgot that I had this account, right? Couldn't, couldn't remember for the life of me that I had this account. And then I have like the ARH stuff and I have a bunch of other emails and a bunch of other stuff floating around. I know I had one that was just for school that I used for stuff that wasn't school for a while because they gave it to me and I was like, send it there. And I found this and I'm going through and it's just like, 
emails from 2009, 2010, from not even Xbox, but from Microsoft proper that is just like, on November 16th of 2010, your Xbox Live membership is going to expire. I'm like, yeah, because it's the day after my birthday, or that is my birthday, and that's when I redeemed the card. Like, it's just... Ah, it was it was a nice little trip down memory lane, and now I have all of my old stuff back, more or less. It's not, but what's even more wild is that I went on this this email and I got all my stuff back. I'm like, cool, now I have this email. But then I'm looking through my friends list, and I had to get on my my 360. So I plugged my 360 in, and it turns on. It just goes. And it's so loud, like so incredibly loud that I'm afraid like my neighbors are going to start knocking on my door and be like, what are you doing? Like, are you, are you trying to build like a, a, like a propulsion jet engine in your living room? And I finally got on, but I'm going through all of my friends lists and I'm saying like, oh my God, that's, that's this guy. And that's that guy. And this is this fella. And that's that dude. And I haven't seen this kid in forever. And oh my God, I used to play Xbox with him all the time. And this is the guy I used to bother about Fallout 3 stuff that I don't even remember how we met. I just used to text and be like, Hey pal, how do you do this? And how do you do that? And how do you do this? And how do you do that? What a time to be alive it is, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Some things we got to get into real quick. I really want to get in today's lore, and I feel like today's lore is really going to fit with the theme so far of this episode. Uh, the, The ideas of nostalgia. Collecting. Toys. As I point at my shelf that is not on camera. Of my toys. Uh, just, just these themes of things and stuff. But before I get into that, I have to thank a couple people, and the people I have to thank support me, support the show on Patreon, the Gulman Entertainment Patreon. Below, if you like the show, there are links in the description to the Patreon. Check it out. There's the $1 tier all the way to the $10 tier, and at the $10 tier, you can sit in and listen to these episodes get recorded live. And you get to become part of the show. I open the chat up. You can come in. You can correct me. You can say, hey, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? You become a part of the show. And you can change your pledge at any given time. You don't have to be at the $10 tier. You could be at the $1 tier. You could be anywhere in the middle. It doesn't matter to me. I appreciate the fact that you even listen to me yell at a microphone and a camera on the internet. I have to thank some people. But like I said, in the description, check it out. Or... If you don't have the money, totally understandable. Show this podcast to a friend. Put it on Reddit somewhere. It's highly appreciated either way. But real quick, the people I have to thank, starting at the top, I have to thank the OG Noah. Thank you, Noah. After Noah, I have to thank... Marcus, thank you, Marcus. After Marcus, I have to thank Mellow Millhouse. Thank you to Mellow Millhouse. And last, but certainly not least, we have to thank Captain Lennox. Thank you to Captain Lennox. Like I said, because of their support, the show continues to grow and get bigger and better and stronger and harder and faster and longer. I love you guys very, very much. Thank you for being a part of this process. Now, for this week's lore, like I said, I just talked about... Nostalgia. I just talked about toys. I just talked about these things that I held close to myself as a youngster, a young man, a small individual. I was never small. Who are we kidding? A medium-sized individual who was trying to figure out where his place in the world is. And I think that's all we ever do. I have a feeling on my deathbed, that's when I'll get it. I think the moments before I take my last breath, I'll go, 
that's who I am. It's who I was. It's who I always will be. And these are good things. These are good things to identify passions, especially at an early age. And it's a good thing to identify what makes yourself, but maybe even more importantly, what makes other people happy. If you can express that happy with other people and share it, then maybe you yourself will find new happy in these faces that you have turned happy, right? So I go to the 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 discord i go to join the discord link in the description below <laughs> i go to the patreon like i do every week and i ask them a poll question so if you're in the patreon at any tier go ahead and check it out because your voice will be heard i'll get into the whole spiel in a second and i put up a poll i go do you want to hear about a man who just wanted to make children smile and laugh and think about the future before the, the bombs dropped or do you want to hear about a woman who is so highly regarded but so overstressed in the NCR and is doing her damnedest to make sure that she can protect not only herself not only the people in her squadron her platoon but the rest of the citizens of NCR so if you'd like to hear any lore and I mean any lore whatsoever consider consider checking out the Gulman Entertainment Patreon from the one dollar tier to the ten dollar tier your voice is heard because once a week I ask a poll and your voice gets to be heard on deciding what this week's lore is. So by way of the Ghoulman Entertainment Patreon, I bring you this week's lore on the one, Arlen Glass from Fallout 4. Arlen Glass, the co-founder, along with George Wilson, of Wilson's Automatoys. Now Arlen Glass was the lead toy designer up until 21, October 21, 2077. They founded Wilson's Automatoys in 2042, and they built toys together for 35 years. Arlen Glass is the man who invented the Giddy Up Buttercup, which we first saw in Fallout 3, and later we saw in a bigger production in Fallout 4, and it turns out that the Wilson Automatoys HQ is in Boston. The Giddy Up Buttercup was a massive, massive success, even though the toy started at a, at a high price tag of $16,000. Now, here, and we're going to talk about these, these statistics that I'm about to read to you a little later on, but it gives you an idea of what kind of money they were making. This is the Giddy Up Buttercup sales forecast for 10 uh, October 1st of 2077 based on current market conditions analysts analysts expect sales of the giddy up buttercup to decline in the fourth quarter from 122 million to 110 million a year over year loss of 17% and a disappointing start in the important holiday sales period Brand stagnation and brand sterilization at the current 16000 price point are blamed for the continuing decline. I want you to just focus on, listen to what I said there, but I want you to remember what I said. That's a direct quote from the wiki, the Fallout wiki, fallout.fandom.com, the Wikipedia, if you will. Uh, that's where I get all of my lore. It's a direct quote, but I want you to remember the numbers of 122 million and 110 million. As the years went on from... from 2042 up until the day he no longer worked there the workload became more and more and arlen glass began to neglect his wife cheryl and his daughter marlene now george wilson the man who founded the company with arlen was was just as involved with the company as arlen if not more to the point where he was missing he was missing his son mark's graduation his birthdays even his wife mark's mother's funeral he skipped out on to go to work more 
In late 2077, George Wilson hands over the entire business to his son, Mark. Now, the way it's written in the note, and I don't have the note written here, I'm not going to paraphrase anything, but it's written very much like he just is saying, here you are. This is for you now. You now have control of the business and he puts in there, you deserve it, but does he? There's no mention of his son working for the company. It just seems like he gives it to his son because he doesn't know how to say to his son, I love you. He doesn't understand how to say, I'm sorry for prioritizing work over you and more importantly, your mother. And it just seems like Mark has given the keys to Eden without any sort of repercussion. Now, Mark is bitter about the entire toy business because of the contempt he has for his father. Remember the numbers that I brought up earlier? I said 122 million to 110 million. Those numbers were faked numbers. Arlen, when he finds out about these numbers, responds in an email that is a draft that is never really sent out uh, because it's a draft. It says, draft re-Salesforce. This is paraphrased now. I don't believe these numbers. We've had solid sales for years. What happened? Ellipses. We need to expand our market. Premier editions, collectible variants, maybe even a boy's line, ellipses. But I can't do this alone, Mark. Your father and I collaborated on everything. I don't know what the hell you've been doing for the past year. So here it seems like, just in that, in the time that Arlen has, he's not in charge. He's not the president. The president was George Wilson, and he just gave the presidency to his, to his son so he could run this company. And there sounds to be a little bit of contempt in the way he writes that because it seems very much like hey why are you why are you just not working with me on this i want to work on this and because arlen is the reason more or less if he never got into business with his father more or less is the reason why he never had his father around he's just kind of shirked him to the side to the wayside now arlen wanted to bring out mythical horses as a boy's line he wanted to have a princess uh, a premium princess pony this kind of very much feels like if you took how like barbie and gi joe was and then added in my little pony into that he wanted tie-in promotions with uh, hubris comics nuka-cola vault tech just different ways he thought maybe we could have a red pony which honestly barbie had soft drink promotions all the time if i remember correctly there's a coca-cola and a pepsi barbie that's playing both sides you can't be a crip and a blood girl what are you doing now intro the scythe program and again mark wilson is so incredibly unhappy with his father and the life that his father has left for him the Scythe Program is a classified U.S. production program directed by Colonel Thomas Nelson of the Department of the Army. The program would nationalize privately owned manufacturing companies under the idea of steady profits. A toy company was about to start making toys of destruction. They were about to start making weapons. Mark Wilson as the president put in a bid on the program and as of september 1st of 2077 it was accepted the conversion of the facility was completed by october 15th ahead of schedule and arlen was completely kept out of the loop on this he worked on new robotics for toys and paint schemes no one during this entire time returned any of his phone calls so this is a man who went to work and went to work every day and sat there and tinkered and went at what he believed was his life's calling to make these toys. This is a man who genuinely, genuinely, genuinely understood 
what made a child happy. And I want to talk about that a little more at the end because he gets it. And there's a quote that I'm going to read directly from him that proves that he gets it. But he, but remember, he had a daughter at home, a young daughter. He misses her dance recitals. He was referred to as the old man at this point. So I don't know how young his daughter was. Maybe he had her. Because if they were making toys for 30 years, let's say they both started when they were 35. They started when they were uh 25 or even 20 that would put him at 55 or 60 years old so he had a younger daughter let's say 10 right let's say he had a daughter later in life he had a daughter that was in the primary age demographic of someone who would have been playing with giddy up buttercups there is a uh there is a hollow tape i don't have it written down because i didn't think it was super important but it turns out to be pertinent right now that she leaves him a hollow tape that it's his wife and his daughter you could hear the wife going, all right, go. And she's like, daddy, come home. Like, I miss you, dog. Like, she didn't call him dog. But like, she's like, I miss you. I want you home. Like, I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. Please come back. And then she goes, oh, and Buttercup says hello too, because it's the horse that he made for her. You know, if I can't be there, the horse can. On October 20th of 2077, Toys had a board meeting and he was expecting, Arlen was expecting to present all of his new ideas. He had no clue that a U.S. military representative was going to be sitting in on the board meeting. About 45 minutes into this meeting, Arlen completely loses his mind. He can't believe that the factory that makes the happy, the factory that is, is, is designed for children to envision better lives for themselves to escape how much of a scary world it is for them to have a little bit of respite in a world that they don't understand and frankly doesn't understand them is about to be turned into a manufacturing plant for weapons he tried many times to speak to mark wilson but was continually continuously removed from the premises so the first time he blows up they take him off and he kept trying to come back and security kept coming back and and pulling him off into the point where the cops got involved and as you could probably imagine, after all of this happening, Arlen was fired from Wilson Automatoys, a company that he helped found and that he worked as the, the heart and soul. He was considered the heart and soul by pretty much everybody there. He was let go by his best friend's son, who never really worked there to begin with. On October 23rd of 2077, Arlen tried to make a final plea to Mark Wilson to rethink his decision. Arlen left his apartment in Cambridge to Wilson's Automatoys HQ in the Back Bay neighborhood of Boston. Even though he was kicked out, he still had a good rapport with the security guy at the front desk, and he allowed him to come in, and he gave Mark his final plea holotape. The final plea is as much. Mark, do you know why toys are important? They help children dream. They let them imagine a better future beyond this blasted war. They give them hope. 30 years ago, I met a man who understood that. Your father and I built Wilson Automatoys on that hope. He poured his life into that hope. And now, you've thrown it all away. Sold it in search of a quick profit. It's still not too late. If you won't do it for me, for your father, for the company, then please... Do it for the children. This is a man who genuinely knew, who genuinely got it. When I was going through the wiki, the Nukipedia, if you will, I didn't see anything that talked anything about his childhood. But I wonder who Arlen Glass was as a boy. Arlen Glass is probably about 300 years old. Eh, close to it. I'm thinking if he was like 60, 210, 
That's 270 some odd years. This is a man who's close to 300 years old. This is a man who's lived many a lifetime. I want to know who he was. Mark took this hollow tape and threw it in the garbage immediately. Now, for the more astute viewers at home, you'll, you'll realize that I said it was October 23rd of 2077. On his way home, the U.S. was attacked, presumably by the Chinese, and the bombs had begun, had begun to fall. He tried to make his way back to the apartment, and when he finally got there to be with his family, the apartment in Cambridge was nothing more than an irradiated crater. All he longed for at that point in his life was death, and he lay in the hole waiting for it to happen. He felt such an immense amount of remorse because he wasn't with his family. He didn't get to see his daughter grow up. He didn't get to spend time with his wife. And now he has to sit there in the crater and crave his own demise because he realizes he messed up. You never know what you have until it's gone. You never realize you want to be free until you, you've been freed. You don't understand what power you truly hold at your very own fingertips. Being a toy maker and an engineer helped him get by in the waste and help keep him a bit sane. The thought that he did not get to say goodbye to his family, especially his young daughter Marlene, to this day, like I just said, haunts him. He would eventually settle down at the slog to help other ghouls, fixing up giddy-up buttercups for old time's sake, hoping to give one to a wasteland child. His meager tools, a wrench and a screwdriver that he has at the slog, where he settled, is a long way off from the high-tech tools that he once had at Wilson's Automatoys. There's a quest you can do for Arlen. It's called Giddy Up and Go. Arlen asks the sole survivor to travel to the Wilson Automatoys factory and recover spare parts for a project he is working on. If asked for a reward, he'll offer a base payment of 150 caps, but he can persuade all the way up into 300 caps with some speech checks. Once Arlen is given Marlene's holotape, the, his daughter that I referenced briefly where she was like, yo, come home, he will leave the slog and wander the commonwealth. Wiseman will thank the sole survivor as he didn't know what the sole survivor did, but will mention that Arlen finally made peace with his past and left. A completed giddy-up buttercup along with Arlen's note can be found on Arlen's workshop counter. The note says, for a child who needs it. Arlen Glass. That's Arlen Glass. That's a man who understands the happy. That's a man who... It's the one of the few times Fallout 4 really gives you some genuine character development. It's one of the few times that I feel like I sat there listening to a character and went... Yeah, man, I get it. And I feel like that's just all these games should be. All these open world... I'm currently playing Mass Effect and that's what I feel like these games should be. Is just you going... Yeah, I get it. I understand where these characters are coming from. I, symp I sympathize with them. They're, they're good people at their core. They've just been through a lot. I hope you've enjoyed that because this has been this week's lore. Oh, hey there, gang. Didn't see you. Okay, I dropped my phone instantly. How are you? This is interst Interstitial Vince. Hi. We haven't seen, I know we haven't seen the shelf in a while. Uh, there's some minor updates here. Not going to go super into it. There's something very special up here. Probably the, the crown jewel of my collection, but this is not what we're here to talk about. My Wii, my protection in the nuclear age book from like the, let's find out. Page six, from February of 1977. Um, 
something happened again whilst I was recording or the day after. I record on Wednesdays and it seems like it always happens on a Thursday. And if you haven't heard the news already, Microsoft uh, as a company as a whole has laid off 1,900 people, 1,900 people, almost 2,000 people have lost their jobs this week. Uh, as of the day of the release of this video, this week, almost 2,000 people have lost their jobs at Microsoft. And I want to read a little bit about it. I want to talk a little bit about it by way of uh, The Verge. This is a article written by Tom Warren. Kyle sent me this. Uh, he sent me a couple tweets about it. And I said, oh, Papa, could you send me the whole article? So this is coming from TheVerge.com, again, written by Tom Warren. There will be a link to, the, to this in the description below. Microsoft is laying off 1,900 employees at Activision, Blizzard, and Xbox this week, while Microsoft is primarily laying, primarily laying off roles at Activision, Blizzard, some Xbox, and ZeniMax. That's our guys, guys. ZeniMax employees will also be impacted by the cuts. The cuts work out to roughly 8% of the overall Microsoft gaming division that stands at around 22,000 employees in total. The Verge has obtained an internal memo from Microsoft's gaming CEO, Phil Spencer, that confirms these layoffs. Now, mind you, this merger just happened, right? Like, finalized and went through. It's been a little over three months since the Activision, Blizzard, and King teams joined Microsoft. As we move forward in 2024, the leadership of Microsoft Gaming and Activision Blizzard is committed to aligning on a strategy and an execution plan with sustainable cost structure that will support the whole of our growing business. Together, we've set priorities, identified areas of overlap, and ensured that we will all align on the best opportunity for growth. As part of the process, we have made the painful decision to reduce the size of our gaming workforce by about 1,900 roles out of the 22,000 people in our team. So about 20,000 people still work there. The gaming leadership team and I are committed to navigating this process as thoroughly as possible. The people who are directly impacted by these reductions have all played an important part in the success of Activision, Blizzard, ZeniMax, and the Xbox teams. And they should be proud of everything they've accomplished here. This is not the quote, this is me saying this. Bye. <laughs> this is Microsoft saying, you did a good job, you fed the machine, bye. Again, this is the quote itself. We were grateful for all of the creativity, passion, and dedication they brought to our games, our players, and our colleagues. We will provide our full support for those who are impacted during this transition, including service benefits informed by local employment laws, so the bare minimum. Those were, again, that was me. The bare minimum part was me, not the quote. Those whose roles will be impacted will be notified as we ask that you please treat your departing colleagues with respect and compassion that is consistent with our values. Looking ahead, we'll continue to invest in areas that will grow our business and support our strategy of bringing more games to more players around the world. This, again, me, not the quote. They're pushing Game Pass so heavily. Nobody owns a game. Everybody pays $20 a month to have unlimited games. So they're gonna fire half the people. So your games are going to come out like Redfall even more broken because there wasn't enough people or time or resources to work on it. Back to the, to the quote here. Although this is a difficult moment for our team, I am confident as ever in your ability to create and the ability to create and nurture the games, stories, and worlds that brings players together, Phil. That's the quote right there. Uh, don't get it twisted. 
the video game industry is an industry, it is a thing that produces money. It's a thing that makes a product to be sold to a customer. Whether it's sold as I go to the GameStop, Best Buy doesn't even have physical media, or a Target or a Walmart or some sort of, I don't know, does Little sell video games? I feel like Little and Aldi's outside of the US sells everything. You go to a, a store, a storefront, brick and mortar establishment to buy something, I physically own it, or I can lease it. And that's their entire business model. And they thought, hey, because this is going to get good. Hold on. I Wait till you hear what I'm about to say to wrap all this up. <laughs> this, this business model is going to just make Microsoft more money. I feel like nobody read The Tale of King Midas. The fa I don't know if it's considered just a short story, a fable, what have you. I don't know. Also, with all this happening, uh, another quote from the article here. Uh, as many of you know, Mike, Mike, as in Mike Yarba, spent more than 20 years at Microsoft, and now that he has seen the acquisition through Blizzard's president, he has decided to leave the company. So the president of Blizzard is like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> I've made my money. He probably made a stupid amount of money with the merger, and he was like, yeah, World of Warcraft hasn't been fun in years. I'm out. This all comes from... Microsoft's game and content studio president, Matt Booty, which if my name was Matt Booty, I'd make sure I was a CEO of something as well, or president of something as well. So I bring this up because it's, it's sad, because so many people within the video game industry, and I, and I feel that I can speak about this because I'm someone who enjoys video games and enjoys the process and enjoys art as a whole, and... Uh, have I ever made a game? No. Have I ever worked inside of an industry? No. Do I even consider myself a journalist? Not really. I'm an asshole with a podcast. I think we're going to continue to see this because as of a, as a tweet that I saw on, on Twitter, which, you know, isn't always the most, uh, reliable source of information, but I see from the Spectre Index on Twitter, Justin, Microsoft is closed with three trillion dollars valuation for the first time. So Microsoft is a company worth three trillion dollars and they just laid off 1900 people. 1900 people just lost their job and this amount of money could fix so many problems around the world. And why doesn't it? Because greed is alive and well in this world. <laughs> and it's just so funny, not haha funny, but like just just it's wild to me right so this is what happens when you don't have a union layoffs can happen even with a union as long as you're doing your job and you're under a contract it is harder to get you fired and this is why i think the games industry will slowly move into either union work or it's going to just be indies and triple a's because when you get things like this, the next Fallout game is taking another probably eight years. The next Elder Scrolls is not coming out for another five to six years. We are not like GTA, GTA six. Yes. GTA online prints money to this day is continuously printing money, but we've waited. It was 2013. I think when G I was still in, I was like balls deep in high school. Like I was in the middle of it. GTA, GTA, uh, GTA five comes out. It came out on the 360 PS3. It was then ported over to the Xbox, uh, Xbox one and the PS4. Now it's been ported over to the, the PS five and the series X. It's three generations of console. 
because it prints money. We are only going to get these big games. I saw something recently that like, I believe it was Ratchet and Clank. It was a leak from PlayStation. Ratchet and Clank made like $5,000. Like if that, like it made nothing. Like it made its money back and then a little bit on top. Like it made enough. I want to say it was Ratchet and Clank. I forget what Sony game it was, but it was a big name game or it was God of War something. It was a big name and it made nothing back. So we're, we're going to hit a point where I feel like it's going to be like, I feel like 2024 is not going to have any games. The only thing that has come out this world this year is power world. And I genuinely cannot think of anything else that's supposed to come out this, this year that I would be even remotely excited for. Like genuinely off the top, I can't think of anything. So we're, we're going to hit this point right now. Here's where it like comes into the fallout sphere. This is my favorite thing ever. As you can tell from the, uh, virginity protecting plastic metal and glass dust collectors that are behind me uh these things mean a lot to me especially this here which i brought up earlier all of these things mean a lot to me this is actually i don't think i've ever shown any of my collection off this is a uk pre-order bonus for fallout 3 it's just super exciting that i have one in my collection sorry they're not expensive but i never thought i'd own one because they were for the uk this is my favorite thing ever, and I'll put it on screen right now. It's a picture of me at the Fallout meetup in DC, the cosplay meetup that was hosted by Ken of Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast, where I got to meet Wes Johnson, and right there is me and Wes Johnson, and my brother and my mom are also here, and if you can also see from the picture, I am next to Lady Devon, uh, a streamer who was also just a huge part of the Fallout community and was a community manager, and she got let go in all of this. So the woman who was... I, there's also a picture. I don't know if the official Fallout... Twitter or Instagram or someone had posted it or they retweeted my post. If I can find it on my phone, which I know I can, I just looked at it earlier this day. I'll put it on screen. Here it is. It's the, it's me, a woman who works for Bethesda, Wes Johnson and Lady Devon all together taking a picture. And now this woman just doesn't work for Bethesda because of corporate greed from Microsoft. And like, you know, Oh, don't yell at Microsoft. They didn't do anything. They're just trying to make sure that they're pro they're a company, they're a conglomerate. They've they've done this and it has affected people in a monetary way. People who make games, community management people make a lot of money, don't get me wrong, but still these people make a lot of money. The the average American cannot afford housing in the, in, in my country. In America, the average American cannot afford housing. In other countries, they have they have safety nets that protect people so this doesn't happen. Not in my country. In my country, we're not that lucky. Things like that just don't happen for some people. And this is one of those times where even someone who's making $100,000 a year, you hit a point. DC is expensive. I love DC. If I could live in any, any city in America that isn't Colorado right now, I'd live in DC. They're, they're, it's a beautiful place. People that work for Bethesda in that Maryland area the DC area, it's expensive to live there. It's very expensive to live there. It's also not technically a state. And I think that's why it's so expensive because the laws are weird. Like you can smoke weed there, but like you can't. And like, I don't know, it's, but you can't vote. Like if you live in DC, you're a DC citizen. You're not technically a citizen of the United States. You're a, you're a citizen of the U.S.'s, of the United States of America's territories. So you can't vote for presidency, but the president could be your neighbor, which is wild. But it's an expensive place to live. It's an expensive place to work. The food there is fantastic. It's just, 
you know, what do you do, man? Like it's, you really feel like you're looking down the barrel of something when you hear about this, because if they're coming for people that make a lot of money, they're coming for the small, the, the lower wage workers, your, your, your school janitorial is going to be taken over at some point by robots, by Roombas, essentially Roombas. <laughs> They're going to cut the hours because it's going to be Roombas going up and down the halls and cleaning floors. And the guy only has to come in two times a week to, to, to squeegee the windows and what have you. It's a scary time to be alive. I feel like we're at a point in history where it's the most exciting time, yet it's also the scariest time. Uh, if you follow Lady Devon, if you know who Lady Devon is, if you ever watched her stream or whatever, shoot her a te uh, text, shoot her a tweet, and just be like, hey, it's all going to be okay. She is part of the Fallout community, and I feel like as part of the Fallout community, the only thing we have left at the end of the day is community. Be it the people who live in your building, your block, your neighborhood, your state, your country, or the friends that you made online through a Discord community, through a Twitch chat, through just an experience that you share and you talk about on Twitter. My old Twitter, I used to have a bunch of people on there that were all Fallout people that we didn't know, like the Sarge. If Sarge, if you hear this, let me know. We go way back. We go back from my old Twitter account and we would talk about uh, Survivor 2299 stuff, Draco Deathclaw. Like these are the guys that I would talk to. I would have conversations with. I, I had been not like serious, but for me, it meant something at the time because I was like 15, 16 and Fallout was my favorite thing, still is my favorite thing in the world. And I would like have these little tweet threads that had like Lone Wanderer in it and had uh, Mr. Maddie plays and like, you know, these people in it, this, this community of people. Now Maddie does a bunch of other sh which is good. I'm not saying that like in a derogatory sense, but it's like, this is the community that I've been around in. This is the community that I've been a part of. And I'm just, I'm just happy to be a part of something that is continuously looking Looking at the thing that we love and the world that we live in is slowly becoming it. The greed is becoming more. The danger is becoming more. And all the things that we love that th these games are parodying and they're, they're commentating on is slowly becoming more and more. And there's really two sides of the Fallout fandom. The people that are incredibly hopeful, incredibly positive, incredibly willing to help out their fellow Fallout fan. And the people that are just... Fallout 1 and 2 in New Vegas are the only things that ever exist. Anything that you play that isn't that is not Fallout you, which I don't agree with. I agree with having a favorite, but at a certain point, you have to look at things from a different perspective because the same people weren't going to work on all of the Fallout games, even if they continued to make them up until this point. Things evolve and change over time to meet the demands of the public. Let me know what you guys think in the comments. I'd love to hear from you about this. It's a, it's a sad thing that has had to happen but it's something that has happened and i wanted to speak about it so again this is the shelf i don't think i ever actually said what this is up here sorry this is a sealed first edition pressing of fallout 3 i'm not going to pick it up because i have oh i've showed it on the show before um because i don't want to fuck up with the with the wrap but it does say do not sell before the release date of fallout 3 here's the shelf here's some stuff you can't even see the top of it where i have the new vegas uh collector's edition this is the whole thing Oh, look, Lady Devon gave me this. It's a little dusty. She gave me this beanie that I've like never worn for Fallout 76 Wastelanders. That my mom has like two of these at home too. This is the the like the Raider one and she has the civilian one. Uh, what else do I have down here? Where is it? Oh, here's a Vault Boy mask signed by Wes Johnson. This I want to give away. When I hit like a thousand subscribers, I want to give this away. So, you know, show this to your friends. I got a whole stack of them. <laughs> Fallout 5.0 was just giving them out. I got a bunch that I want to give away. But yeah, that's that's really all I had to say about that.
This is the shelf again. I love you guys. Enjoy the last segment of the show. It's not super long, but thank you for sticking around. I love you. Um, you know, I've never tried this before. And since we're here in the comments, it, I think it would help us out tremendously to help the show get a little bit better so I can give things like that away. Also, I have a bunch of stuff right here that I've been meaning to give away and I have to figure out how to do it. Uh, if you've made it this far, leave a little radioactive symbol in the description or in the description, in the comment section. I just want to see if anybody does it. And I want to see if it like helps us in the algorithm because, you know, nobody wants to work. Everybody wants to do fun like this from home. All right, guys. I love you. I will talk to you soon. See you later. Bye. So what's up, guys? Welcome to segment three. I hope you guys are doing well. I uh, No spoilers, please, but I've been playing Mass Effect. I bought the uh, the trilogy, the legendary edition. It was $9 for three games, uh, with tax came out to like 1040 something. So, uh, $3 and 33 cents a game, excuse me. I don't know what that was under $4 for three games that are considered to be some of the greatest RPGs ever made. And, uh, big open world RPGs are kind of my thing. And I've never played these. I actually rent it, which is funny because I talked in the first segment about how I have my Xbox account and everything back. I, uh, bought mass effect one used i think it was mass effect one used and it didn't work it's just i just got to a certain point and the game would just shut off and it would crash and i brought it back to gamestop and they're like you want another game i was like nah just give me my money back i'll get something else and uh, I, I i just i've been playing it and it's very slow the first one is very slow i'm going to play them all in sequential order and i have a buddy at work who's a big fan of them and told me you only have to play the first one really once and then the second one is where the game really takes off and then the third one is its own thing it's it's good but you know it's everyone kind of shits on it so i've been playing that and there's so many things that i want to play i really i really want to redo skyrim on like a console i feel like i know skyrim mods was such a big deal but i feel like skyrim on a console is just primo like on a 360 just mm. and uh i want to see if i can pay like the 10 bucks to get the updated version that comes with all the dlc but it's like even if it's 20 bucks really i don't really care it's like here is my 360 disc pop that bad bitch in and then it's like okay cool here's all the other stuff like the the dlc the fishing mini game a bunch of a bunch of stuff i really would like to do a skyrim playthrough at some point this year that's one that's on my list but uh let me know what games were your favorite of the 360 era i really feel like we talked a lot about this that this episode i hope you guys are well that's the episode for today if you like the intro music it's by the one and only shane ivers the song is called feather duster and you can get all of his free music at silvermansounds.com slash free music in the description below is a link to the Patreon. Give it a look, see if you like the show and you want to see how these are recorded, become part of a live studio audience, and join the Discord while you're at it. There's a link in the description below. Follow me on Twitter, the show on Twitter, and Kyle on Twitter. I hope you guys are doing well. This has been episode 290. 2 flippin' 90. I love you guys. I'll be seeing you next week. Please take care. Please don't do anything stupid. I love you. I'll see you next week. Bye. Atomic Radio Hour. Podcast. This has been a production made by your friends at Goldman Entertainment.